Welcome to Sunday on Monday, the best show about cannabis banking that you can listen to any day of the week. Brought to you by Safe Harbor Financial, nationwide cannabis banking specialists. Elevate your success and bank with confidence. Last year on this show, we talked about the history of Safe Harbor Financial and the journey from being pioneers to experts in cannabis banking. This year, we're going to focus and talk to Sunday about the actual work it takes to successfully remain the undisputed nationwide experts in the heavily regulated and constantly evolving and rapidly expanding cannabis marketplace. As I spoke to Sunday off the air about changing the focus of the show a bit this year, it occurred to me that it's almost never about Safe Harbor Financial. Both in her book and on the podcast, Sunday seems to want to help other cannabis banking professionals to to be successful in this marketplace. And I asked her to tell us why. Well, if I want to be 100% honest here... I didn't want Partner Colorado being one of the very few credit unions or financial institutions actually banking cannabis because there would be too much attention just on Partner Colorado Credit Union. So quite honestly, it was a risk mitigating factor for Partner Colorado Credit Union to invite other financial institutions into the space and help them learn the business and bank the business so that we would spread the risk out amongst us. Concentration risk is one of those things we're taught to watch all the time. And by getting other financial institutions into the business, that was, you know, eliminating our concentration risk in cannabis alone. A significant portion of the audience that listens to this podcast is not actually in banking, but they are in the cannabis marketplace. One of the terms that has been mentioned a lot on this show, it's usually mentioned as an abbreviation, BSA, the Bank Secrecy Act. Tell us what is it and why do we have it and why is it so important in the cannabis industry? Bank secrecy has been around for decades. And it's really a cooperation between federal agencies and financial institutions to not only protect the financial system and ensure stability of the financial system, but to ensure that illicit dollars are not flowing through the system. And also it's about finding those illicit players, whether it's money laundering or tax evasion or human trafficking, all of these factors around the world that need to be monitored and reduced and and mitigated. Bank Bank secrecy is supposed to help with that process. A lot of people back up and fear bank secrecy for good reason, because it takes a lot of resources to have a robust bank secrecy program. And it's very easy to get rogue employees into a large or even a small financial institution who just disregard bank secrecy altogether. But it is one of the biggest obligations we have as a financial institution to protect the financial institution and the financial system in America. As bank secrecy pertains to cannabis, there's a couple reasons here that is very important. The first reason is there is a black market history in cannabis. We're moving out of the black, into the gray, into a very legalized market, but you still have this dark side or the 
the old black market activities trying to make their way into the legal system. So that's the first reason BSA is so important. We don't want any of those black market activities moving into the financial system. The other situation with the cannabis industry is cash intensive. And with that, whenever you have a cash intensive business, it opens the financial system up for money laundering types of activities. Now, I'm not saying our legal cannabis businesses, you know, we build trust with them. We know they're not money laundering, but it doesn't stop us from having to fill our BSA obligations and constantly monitor the cash going into the system and making sure it's legitimate. So that's why it's really important to the cannabis industry, but it's also important to other cash intensive businesses like check cashing, casinos, they face the same type of scrutiny. Before Safe Harbor Financial was doing the business that they do, many of the cannabis dispensaries and the cannabis businesses accumulated a lot of cash because they were not allowed to have checking accounts and banking accounts. And it left something called legacy cash. And that is something else that Safe Harbor Financial has to keep a very, very close eye on. And so I asked Sunday, what exactly is legacy cash and why is it important to you and your brand? I consider legacy cash questionable cash, cash that should not go into the financial system. Again, it goes back to those black market activities. What I want to know is was the cash legitimately earned under a license reported to the state and properly taxed? To me, it's no longer a legacy cash if I can support that cash with that documentation. So really, I look at legacy cash as undocumented money that shouldn't go into the financial system. There continues to be some confusion about the Bank Secrecy Act and how it's applied. Are the regulations the same for all financial institutions? This is an interesting question because there is a um, school of thought out there that state-chartered financial institutions can bank cannabis while federally chartered financial institutions cannot bank cannabis. And that's just not true. We are all tied to the same BSA regulations. We are all tied to the same federal regulations that govern banking, whether you are federally chartered or state chartered, whether you are a bank or a credit union, we are tied to the same financial regulations. So it really isn't specific to any type of financial service provider, nor is it specific to credit union versus bank. Well, when it comes to banking regulations, it's like those old late-night Ginsu knife or air fryer commercials. But wait, there's more. What is FinCEN for those who may not know? FinCEN is a bureau under the Department of Treasury, and actually what they do is they protect the financial system from illicit activities any type of illicit activities. They're looking at the money since most illicit activities is about uh, the money. And so they watch the money entering the system and they work with law enforcement to try to combat illicit activities by following the money. In short, um, they are also the uh, enforcement arm of bank secrecy and therefore they're always looking at financial institutions to ensure that we're doing the right thing to assist them with their mission. And does FinCEN offer any guidance that helps a banking brand fulfill their mission in providing cannabis banking services? 
FinCEN actually issued guidance for those financial institutions that might want to bank the cannabis industry back in 2014. That is about as close to permission as you can get. They also needed to be able to follow that money, and our reporting and our cooperation with FinCEN along those lines is good for the financial system in America. So it was good to have those guidelines from FinCEN that told us how to do it. But those guidelines are not just special guidelines and that's all you have to follow. The guidelines for cannabis banking are just additional BSA obligations you need to fulfill in order to bank the cannabis industry. So you still have your basic BSA regulations that the, fin- that the financial institution must follow, but on top of that, you must add additional BSA activities to bank cannabis itself. Well, where there are regulations, there are regulators. And so I wanted to ask Sunday, what is the role of a regulator in BSA oversight? How do they help develop a successful program? Regulators actually do their job on two different levels. And in our case, we're state chartered and federally insured. So we have really two sets of regulators looking at us all the time. The state regulators are really responsible for making sure we're following all the federal regulations that govern financial institutions and that we're doing it right and that we're protecting the safety and soundness of the consumer's money or the business money, any money that's in the financial institution. They're there to help protect the consumers. Our federal regulators at the NCUA are there to protect the insurance fund. So they actually have to work together, which is why we have joint examinations with the federal regulators and the state regulators. One's making sure the safety and soundness is is there, and the federal regulators want the same thing, and also to protect the the insurance fund from having to take hits and utilize federal government money to protect financial institutions. In some of the early episodes of the Sunday on Monday podcast, we heard about armies of regulators coming into uh, Safe Harbor Financial and Partner Colorado Credit Union. And so I wanted to find out, can regulators shut down, completely shut down a cannabis banking program without any due process? And are banks and credit unions regulated the same way? This is a really good question because people wonder how is it that programs get shut down or why is it programs get shut down and they find themselves with without a cannabis banking account thereafter. Regulators don't necessarily shut a program down. Again, regulators are there to make sure we're following regulations. And one of those biggest risk regulations is bank secrecy. So if you have a cannabis banking program, they're going to expect greater attention to bank secrecy, BSA. And So what happens, they'll come in and they'll do their examination on a regular basis. They'll see what you're doing. They'll see that you've increased the risk profile of the financial institutions. And then they want to ensure that you've increased the risk mitigating strategy surrounding that particular regulation, BSA, that goes along with the FinCEN guidance that was issued. So what happens is... You're either fulfilling your BSA obligations or you're not fulfilling your BSA obligations. And they will tell you, you need to shore up your policies, shore up your procedures, shore up your BSA obligations if you want to continue down this path. So if you're a financial institution and suddenly you find yourself with a report that just lists problem after problem after problem with your regulatory compliance, 
you're going to be taking that report to the board and the board's going to look at management and say, do we have confidence in this management team to actually continue to bank this industry and to fulfill regulations here? So usually, if a program ends, it can be triggered to the fact that there is a problem with regulatory compliance as it pertains to the examination and the determination as to whether you want to continue to do this and shore up everything or whether it's too much risk for the financial institution or too difficult to actually comply with the BSA obligations to increase the risk of that financial institution. Well, regulations are a thing, but regulators are Human, I wanted to ask Sunday, in your experience, are the regulators consistent in how they apply their oversight on BSA and other regulatory matters? Again, a really good question here. Are they consistent? Are regulators consistent in applying expectations as it pertains to BSA and cannabis banking? Well, that there is the very concern of many financial institutions. We have guidance. You have 10 financial institutions. They pick up guidance. They interpret it 10 different ways. So standardization hasn't been set amongst all the financial institutions, nor amongst all of the financial institution regulators. That, again, makes the risk higher for financial institutions to get into cannabis banking. At some point in time, I believe you'll see consistency in examination and regulation surrounding cannabis banking in the same way that you see the expectations around money service businesses. Because I would say that cannabis banking is a few notches above the complexity of money service businesses. And it got to a point where regulations are pretty standard about how to manage money services businesses, and we'll see that happen in cannabis as well at some point in time in the future. Bank Secrecy Act, FinCEN, state and federal regulations and regulators. Being a curious person, I had to ask Sunday, with all of these regulations and oversight, someone might ask, why would you ever get into cannabis banking? The big why when it's so complex is a really good question. And why would you do it? It is a great market to serve. It's another line of business. So there's a lot of good reasons to serve the industry. But the complexity requires you have the engine behind you. So it is a risk tolerance factor for financial institutions to determine whether or not they want to serve the industry and open that line of business, whether they are of size enough to have the support behind the scenes to fulfill those BSA obligations. So it does have to take into a, a lot of factors into consideration as to whether you would want to get into this or not. Mind you, Partner Colorado and Safe Harbor, we didn't know what we didn't know about the cannabis industry when we got into it. We had to learn that cannabis industry. We didn't know how complex it was going to be or how difficult it was going to be. But then once we were in it, we didn't want to fail the businesses that we were already banking. And we wanted to provide that continuity and that transparency for those legitimate businesses going forward. So it was really a sink or swim situation for us, and we just kept swimming. And they continue to keep swimming and continue to keep performing. If you wonder why, if you haven't listened to all the episodes, if you wonder why we we 
end this show with the Bee Gees classic Stayin' Alive. As Sunday told me, early on in the early days of Safe Harbor, they would make it through another regulatory exam or they would make it through another hurdle. And Sunday would say, we just continue to stay alive. So that's why we use that song as our extra. I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, to go check out all of the episodes of Sunday on Monday, the best podcast about the serious business of cannabis banking that you can listen to any day of the week and continue to listen as we continue to chronicle this amazing journey and the amazing work that Safe Harbor Financial is doing. My name is Jason Dyes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next month. Take care. Baby, baby.